Welcome to another edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. This is episode number seven. Seven. We've got we've done seven of these. Now today we apologize. Today um, we um, this is Tuesday. Today Tuesday May first. Uh, we didn't do our regular Sunday show because uh, we were having a huge fight and I was being an idiot. It was very very bad. It was nearly over, folks. <laughs> But while we were talking, while we were sitting around for um, having breakfast this morning, you said something that's really, really funny, and that is is something that I think has befuddled human beings probably since time immemorial. This, I the, I think the fundamental disconnect between men and women is each gender's lack of understanding a fundamental aspect of the other. And it's simple. Remember the book in the, I guess, mid-90s? Uh, it was uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? From yes, Venus? yes, yes. I never read the book. I think, I think, Nor I. I couldn't, couldn't be bothered. But I, I've always switched that up to, to say men are stupid, women are crazy. And you say that in a jokey way, but it's also kind of a serious way. But it's also, I think, a distillation of the two genders. Yes. And women expect certain things of men, and men obviously expect certain things of women. And if we don't understand those expectations, if we don't manage those expectations, if we don't understand why that other gender thinks that way, it causes so much friction between us. Oh, it's us. terrible. I know, I know. So tell, uh, tell the audience what you were saying this morning about, about your, your, your husband. <clears throat> Well, I, I mean, I'm really learning about this whole thing, men being idiots and women being crazy. I feel crazier by the day. And your idiocy emerges more and more, and more every day. Surprising no one who, who, who knows me. No, just driving along, because I have to do often quite a bit of driving if I go to a far-reaching schools and there's lots of thinking and ruminating going on. Oh, and, good. And I know, right? <laughs> and I, I am reflecting on certain scenarios and realizing that a lot uh, many of much of what has happened between us is due to your idiocy <laughs> <laughs> and it's very it's a very refreshing thing for me i've never thought that way i've always gone very inner and thought this is oh no my god and it's just no it's because <gasps> he's an idiot <laughs> i love him but he's an idiot but I see my craziness. Don't you worry about that. It's it's funny that, and we're saying idiots. At least when I'm describing myself, um, it's maybe not idiot exactly, but certainly idiot tendencies. You know, I can adjacent. Mind, yeah, idiot adjacent, like I like to say. I can be very mindless and inconsiderate and just stupid about things oh. without even realizing. Ah, oh. and. I don't. I wonder where that. I I wonder how much of that is men in general, and how much of that is Sean specifically. You know what I mean? Now you've had more experience with men in general than I have, so maybe you can help out with how much of my idiocy is general men, and how much of it is Sean. Sean King. It's Sean King. It's all Sean King. Uh, a lot of it is Sean <laughs> King. <laughs> Okay, so I, I want, and I'm going to put it out there because I would love Absolutely. to get feedback Absolutely. from some That's men and it. women. Yep. And I know that I'm crazy not to forget about certain oh, don't things. Worry, don't, don't worry. Oh, we're I get... know. We're going to get to my craziness. That's fine. I'm fine. I'm up for it. Good. 
And I know that a lot of, um, I should give, I should let go of things where you've admitted freely. Well, I'm an idiot. Like that is so, st- I was just stupid. I was fucking stupid. Then I'm so sorry. But I would like to hear from men and women. And I know you all don't live with Sean and I do. So you're sitting at the table one night, early in the relationship. Everything right now for Sean and I is early in the relationship. And you say to me, a man says to a woman, you know, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever been with. Oh, no, hold on. I take that back. (laughs) I was with another woman that was more beautiful than you because she looked like some movie star that he said. So I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) Did I actually say that? (laughs) See, see, folks. And then later on in our relationship, this is after we were married. We're sitting on the bed, and I said, "Sweetheart, I want to hang up a gallery of your photographs. You know, we've got all this, we've got all this space on the wall in here. Come on, like let's do this. Let's fill up your beautiful photographs." Oh, We're going through photographs, and he's sitting there on the bed. We're having a lovely time, and photographs of this woman emerge from the pile. And he says, he looks at me, and he goes, "Can we hang these up on the wall?" Okay, so I want everybody to please offer me a suggestion as to how I should react to that madness. Okay. 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 First of all, let me, let me in my own pitiful, lame pitiful. defense, let me first say the idea of – can we say names? Do, 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 no, okay. no names. All right, all right. Um, the, this, this previous girlfriend, we were sitting at the kitchen table, and I said that. And that was me being – as I try to be throughout my entire life, brutally honest. But in that moment, I shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Where my initial nature is to be 100% honest and truthful. Mm-hmm. So there's no ambiguity. There's no doubt. There's nothing like that. And at that moment, I shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. Really stupid. <laughs> <clears throat> And hurtful. And, well, it but wasn't it's hurtful. It doesn't okay. matter. But the other part of it is that I think of my wife as being a very together woman. Very, um, she's she's yeah, exactly. I, uh, my 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 brain thinks that she's got her poop in a group, and she is confident in herself, and she knows things. And one of the things that we all have to know is that we are not the single most beautiful person on the planet. Never thought it. George Clooney doesn't think that about himself. No. Okay? So if someone says that you are one of the top three most beautiful people they've ever met, that's a huge compliment. Okay? I didn't hear those words, but (laughs) go on. (laughs) But that's what was happening in my head. I was thinking, my wife is so beautiful, She's beautiful in a different way than this other girlfriend, and it came out in the completely wrong way. But you actually corrected yourself. I know, I know, and I shouldn't have. I shouldn't. Fuck have. everybody. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine, dude. And the picture thing is possibly even worse. Oh, so fucking stupid. <laughs> I, just, I turned on a dime. I went, "What the fuck, Sean? Are you fucking kidding me?" You want to put pictures of your ex-girlfriend on our bedroom wall? <laughs> Looking over my bed? <laughs> Fuck. FYI, folks, this is the most Melissa's cursed in our entire lives together. Just, this is how upset she is at me. In my mind, 
that wasn't a picture of even a woman. It wasn't a picture of, certainly wasn't a picture of an ex-girlfriend. It was, in my mind, a nice picture that I took. It was one of those pictures that I, I met <clears throat> when, I, when I teach photography. I, I teach uh, students to envision the, the photograph, to visualize the photograph before you take it. And I always know that my best shots are those ones where I have visualized it ahead of time. And then when I take the picture, it become, it is what I visualized. Yes, which is quite thrilling. I yeah, think. It really is. Yes. And, and those are the shots I'm most proud of. Yes. So I'm very proud of, the, of those, those images because they are what I visualize them. So in my head, they're nothing more than pieces of art. They're, they're well-done images yes. to me. They are not images of, like I said, even a person. Mm-hmm. That could be a statue. Mm-hmm. For all my brain thinks of it that way. Yes. I've disassociated who the person is from the image itself. I understand. That could have been a statue. It could have been a complete stranger. It could have been someone else. But I was an idiot for not saying something about the first, for saying it to you at all to begin with, but also for not explaining some of that situation. You still wouldn't let me put it up. And by the way, the pictures are, by the way, none of the pictures are up in the Oh, wall. no, fuck that. <laughs> He'll want to put his boudoir shots of all of his last girlfriends. Here's an, uh, let's put some boudoir shots up. This is a good one I took of this one that I was with. <laughs> That's not true, but I understand your, your, your point of view on that. Oh, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to go near your photographs anymore. Put away. So Neanderthal. <laughs> SKB, <laughs> SKB rightfully called me. And. Part of it is that women have, uh, and this is a generalization, and please feel free to disagree, either uh, yourself or uh, Melissa or a- anyone else. By the way, our email address is dltu at yml.me. Don't listen to us at yml.me. I think women have higher expect- have expectations of men that aren't unrealistic, but expectations that aren't known that we can't or won't live to, not up to, but to. <clears throat> I've often said that women want men to be deeper than we actually are. Very true. That you want us to think about things more than we actually do. Yes. I, I read this somewhere, and I think it's one of the most brilliant lines explaining men and women. And one of the issues with men that, that men have is for men – Unless you're actively yelling at me, I think a relationship is fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the way men think. I can see that. I can see that. That's why the silent treatment. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, that's good. why the silent treatment doesn't work on men. Because we're sitting there watching a football game, and you're sitting there fuming, and we're like, "This is great." <laughs> Because okay. we're generally not sensitive enough to know that no, you're fuming. Right, right. And you're just fuming there quietly, but you being quiet is exactly what we want. <laughs> Actually, that's not true about you. You're extremely... No, no, me, me is, is different. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, you're quite different that as, way. As much of an idiot as I am, I, 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 can, be, I can be quite in tune and, <laughs> Absolutely. and sensitive to it. Yes, you're completely in tune with but me. But that scary. is such a key thing that women don't realize, <laughs> that men don't know you're angry at them. If you're just sitting there quietly fuming... We have no clue that you're, in fact, mad at us and want us to talk about something. Right. Yes, yes. The other thing that um, confuses men is this idea that women do. I don't know that men do it, but it's certainly one of those comedy tropes that people always 
point to is the difference between men and women is that women, I, there was that uh, thing I read you this morning where the, the, the husband, would you like some help with the dishes? Wife, no, I'm good, thank you. Three and a half years later. You remember when three years ago you didn't help me with the dishes, you bastard? <laughs> yeah. Women can do that where men can't for the most part. Uh, you will bring up shit that happened six months ago that we've completely forgotten about uh, or didn't know even happened then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you get mad at us for that thing. We're like, what are you talking about, you crazy person? And you wonder why we're crazy. It's a horrible burden. I make a rule in my relationships that you can't bring up anything from more than a week ago. That's as far back as I can remember. Oh. I'm like a goldfish. You know, <laughs> anything anything past a week ago that I did wrong, I don't remember it. And but that I, gets you off the hook. No, no, no. What, what it is is that if you were upset at something I did, bring it up then. Mm. Don't. What women tend mm. to do is I'm mad about this thing, and now I need to go go away and think about it and ruminate on it and drive for 45 minutes and think about it and argue with them in the car. Mm-hmm. He's not even there, but I'm arguing with them. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to go talk to 17 girlfriends about it. Oh, no, I've got to write a, a journal post about it. You know, I've got to write in my diary. Blah, 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 blah. And then six months later, now I'm ready to fight with them about it. And that confuses the shit out of us. I understand that. But uh, in the scenario that we just spoke of... It would not have happened if you hadn't made that first idiot statement at the table that night. That's what that's what brought it all up again. It's like, really, you're going to build on that? <laughs> so that I'm sorry, but I had I would have let that go, but uh, it, it seemed to um, build on itself. So how do we solve this problem? We we we've we've identified the problem that that men are idiots, women are crazy. How do we solve it? Well, what I've decided that I'm going to do now, and I'm not, I need to be more assertive and strong in this way because Mm. I've never been very good at it. And my long marriage made me abysmally worse at it than what I already naturally am is I am going to try and say things in that moment. I'm going to try and be that woman that's very much like my, my dearest wonderful friend is to, is to go, really? That's just, you're being a fucking idiot. Or say, what? Like, could you, what are you talking? Like, do it in that moment and have the confrontation in the moment Mm -hmm. and then try and just let it go. Although I think the wrong words used are confrontation. Uh, I think confrontation naturally sets up a a negative vibe in, in the whole discussion. Yes. And especially when it comes to men that we, again, generalizations, are not necessarily better at confrontation, but we do confrontation differently than women. Men and women argue in different ways. Very much. And talking about it in the moment is great, but confrontation not. And that's one of the problems I think we have in, I think it's got to be Western society. I don't know about Eastern or Aborigine or anything else like that, but certainly the way I've seen it in Western society, we're not taught how to deal with each other. No. I've said this to everyone who's ever had any, any kind of lengthy conversation with me, that I think that things like math should be voluntary, should be an elective in school, in, in, in high school. If you like math, go ahead and take math. Not a problem. Go and fill your little math boots up. If you want to learn calculus and algebra and that kind of stuff, go right ahead. Because 99% of us never did math ever fucking again after we left high school. I have never once had to work out the Pythagorean fucking theorem. <laughs> And yet I still know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I've never had to figure out the hypotenuse of a fucking triangle. <laughs> I've never had to figure out the circumference of a circle. 
mm-hmm. except for pizza. <laughs> okay? How many slices am I cut this pizza up into? That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the only time I'm ready to deal with arcs mm-hmm. or radius or diameter. <clears throat> and I want to go back to grade 11 and 12 and, and smack that math teacher who said, you will use this every day of your lives, you <laughs> lying bitch. <laughs> and instead, so make math an elective for those kids who, who want to take it. But what we need to do is make communication mandatory. You mean real life communication? Yes. Communicate. How to communicate with your parents, with your teachers, with your bosses, with your friends, with your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your husbands, your wives. Because that's the thing I'm going to use every fucking day mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. How to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. How to get your points across. How to not piss people off. How to... Not manipulate people, but certainly work with people in different situations. Because you talk to your boss different than you talk to your employees, different than you talk to your wife or your kids. You know, parenting. Let's let's do a fucking parenting class. Mm. Parenting is the most important <clears throat> job in the world that we literally have zero training for. Yes, that's that's insanity. Yes. Because we as parents just learn from our parents, and they were fucked up too. <laughs> So all we're going to do is just keep on passing fucked up shit. We are. We do. And we try our best. You, you think you're going to try your best. But every parent has said to themselves, shit, I'm turning into my mother. I'm turning into my mm-hmm. father. Because you're doing the same things. You fall back on those same methods that your parents taught you. That were modeled to that you. That were modeled to you. Exactly. Yes, yes. For, you know, for better or worse. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> and... The hardest thing, I think, for a lot of people to do is in this most intimate relationship you're going to have, that between husband and wife, or that between significant others, say that to make gender neutral, the hardest relationship you're going to have is communicating to that person in ways that that help your relationship move forward. Yes. And not fall back into those roles of, I need to win this argument. Mm. I need to beat this person. That's what happens with men. We're we're confrontational in, in that way. That's why men can get stubborn and won't back down. Even when we know we're wrong, I still need to beat you. Hmm. Because competition is ingrained into into so many of us. Hmm. It turns into a sport where I have to score points against you. You know, I have to belittle you and make fun of you and, and do all those sorts of things. And so we have to learn not to do those things. But no one ever teaches us that stuff. No. No one ever teaches us how to. And we go through a lot of our relationships um, especially when we get to quote unquote this age, uh, Melissa and I both have um, been on the dating scene in the last five years, and everyone is damaged in yes. any number of ways. And the old joke is is um, everyone has baggage. Find someone who loves you enough to help you unpack. But trying to find that is so hard. Mm. Trying to find somebody whose baggage is. Fits under the seat in front of you, mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know. Because mm-hmm. we all have it at this age. Mm-hmm. Once you get to a certain point, you're going to have been hurt and scarred and damaged by life in general, by people, mm-hmm. specifically by people you love and who you thought loved you. Yes. And how do we get through breakups? Yes. You know, how do we get into relationships? But how do we get out of relationships too? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's all really, really, really hard. But we've got no training for it. Well, they, and you know, a class like that could be very, very fascinating. If you were a creative teacher and you wanted to really delve into this, 
You could use video modeling. As soon as the students walked through the door, you could begin scenarios without them knowing, like unexpected scenarios, and see how they're dealt with and then analyze the uh, or debate what would be a better way to have dealt with this situation, sure. no yeah. matter what setup you you had in the classroom. Or you could give kids role-playing opportunities. And you could do it, oh, my God, it's endless yep. what you could do, endless. And you could do them repeatedly because the thing of it is is that doing this takes practice. Like I'm not going to be able to reach my goals of being more assertive and stronger in my word and letting things go because I'm like a f- fucking pit bull. I won't let things go. I shouldn't say pit bull. Sorry, you're the pit bull lover. I love pit bulls. <laughs> I'm like a – there's a fish that doesn't let go. Anyways, I'm just saying that it will take practice. Nothing happens. Yep. You have to do it over and yep. over and over again. And even say to someone, I am practicing this. I am sorry if I fail. Just let me get through. I'm just practicing. For everyone out there, I, my biggest relationship learning experience, and I don't know when I had it, so I can't point to this moment in time, but I know that this is what happened, was when I learned that I will never have a good relationship unless I was willing and able to be open and vulnerable to the other person. Yes. You have to be willing to let that person hurt you. Because as long as you aren't vulnerable, as long as you build those walls up, as long as you keep those walls up, you're never going to have a fully formed adult relationship. But that's the scariest fucking thing so in the world. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to open up my chest, take out my heart, give it to you, mm-hmm. and hope you don't stomp on it. Exactly. Their line of relationships are like handing the other person a loaded gun and hoping they don't shoot you. Yes. That's what you're doing. Yes. And that is fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. That's why so many people aren't really doing it. Especially when you, as you get older. Because you've been hurt by X numbers of people in the past. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now maybe you've taken classes or learned to experience whatever it is. Now you're 40 years old, 45 years old, 50 years old. And you realize, okay, I want a good relationship. So I've got to be open with this person. But if they hurt me, oh my God. Yeah, like I'm done. I'm done. That's yeah. it. That's it. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really hard. It is. Like I watch... Um, my, one of my dear friends who is so damaged by a relationship in her life and that she completely cut off. She stopped, she did the dating scene for a while and then just stopped and has been on her own and doing amazing in her life, has achieved so much. She's just a beautiful, well-achieved, intelligent woman. And then, you know, not through a dating site, she just suddenly met someone and, even though she was happy with it, it brought up so much shit for her. She was a mess for a couple of months. I was worried about her. Yeah. And that's yeah. because she had shut down and she wouldn't allow herself to open up. And suddenly she was opening up and she was a mess. And I think people are, it's very frightening. And uh, she's worked her way through it. She gave her heart and it hurt again. Yeah. And um, you just got to plow on. Unless you want to be alone. That's right. That's I don't right. like being alone. Well, that's not true. I do like being alone, actually. I just lied. <laughs> you lied I to our audience. I lied to our everyone. Our audience of hundreds. I'm so sorry of hundreds. <laughs> 
<laughs> Speaking of our audience, we got a, uh, we've been begging. Actually, I've been literally begging for reviews on the iTunes store. Oh. Uh, we got another one from our, our friend uh, Mo. Mo said, I have been listening to Sean and his various podcasts for a very long time. I've always found them to be funny, insightful, and strange enough given it's Sean. Thought, hadn't I already read this one? Just read it again because it's Mo. So you like Mo, don't you? I do like Mo. Mo's my biggest fan, I think. He really is. I think he is. I think you're he's his my biggest. one member of I, my fan club. I think he's, I think he's your biggest fan, too. Or no, <laughs> no, you're no, his I'm biggest his, fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, always found them to be funny, insightful, and strange enough, given it, Sean. Thought-provoking. He has teamed up with an excellent co-host, Melissa, and the banter between them is great. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. So that's Thank a review you, from Mo. Mo and a review from Sue. I don't know. There's another 500 people out there who have subscribed to the podcast, and not one of you have put up a review. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Dicks all Come on you. now. <laughs> uh, you can find us on the iTunes store. Do a search for Don't Listen to Us on the iTunes store. Please leave a review. We'd like to hear that. Yes, please. My good friend, my longest, uh, you always call, you call everyone my dearest friend. I and do it, not. You do. You, everyone is your dearest many. friend. You, everyone you describe is it my dearest friend. They are not. <clears throat> Sue and Glenn Thayer are my oldest and dearest friends. And uh, Glenn writes, hello from the hairy guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. We have <laughs> he says, well, well, now the world knows I'm a very hairy guy. <laughs> or at least the ten people who listen to you, too. <laughs> he says, thanks for all the accolades for Sue and I. It's a high pedestal that we'll have to step down from when we meet your wife. <laughs> I, as I've said before, oh, I, no. I, those they are the two people I admire the most um, in life in general, whether I know them or not. Because they have, you know, I hear about people... They're celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary. That's wonderful. That's amazing. Like 50 years, 60 years. That's, in my mind, mind-boggling and incredible. But to a certain degree, it's also, it's the time that they grew up and got married in where you didn't divorce. Mm -hmm. Whether that person was good for you or not, you stuck together. And after a certain point, the the, the old joke is, is, I divorce her, but it would make her too happy. (laughs) (laughs) People are sticking together just for Fucking yeah, stick with you till you're you dead, rat bastard. Kind of <laughs> but people of of our generation, who Glenn and Susan have been together, if I remember correctly, now more than half their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Glenn just turned fifty, and they've been married for twenty seven years. The math work out. Yeah, around that. Anyway, so they've been married for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I know I rave about them all the time, but I actually, I mean it. I, I love them and I'm so proud of to have them as friends and so amazed that they've been together for so long. It's possible. He says, I'm enjoying the shit out of your show. I really need to meet Melissa and tell her some of our adventures. <laughs> Referencing you burning the lingerie. Was that Valerie? Yes, Glenn, it was, it was Valerie. <laughs> I seem to remember that happening and us drowning your sorrows at a nearby bar at the coach house. Glenn! Glenn! Oh my god. The Cochos is back! We just- it's back! We saw it this past weekend or this past yeah, well, this weekend. The the coach, for those who all of you don't know, uh Glenn and I went to a Capilano College here in or there in North Vancouver. And just down the hill from the college was this uh, sleazy little motel with a sleazy little uh, strip club in it called the Coach House. Mm. The oh, place, I'm remembering as, now. As, yeah, yeah. As we called it. And it was a fun strip club. There was they had good strippers. And then they uh, tore it down, put up a holiday in. And it was like we were crying at the destruction scene. Like, no! Because what it meant is for us to go see strippers, we had to go into Vancouver. Oh. It was a pain in the ass. All right? 
So, Glenn, apparently they've renamed the bar in the Holiday Inn, the Coach. It's, it's not a strip club. Oh, I was going to say it's not no, a strip club. No. There are very few strip clubs left <clears throat> in Vancouver. I think there's only like maybe one or two. What's up with that? I don't know. There used to be like 30. I've never found out since I moved away. I've never found out why all the strip clubs, strip clubs uh, disappeared here in Vancouver. <sighs> but anyway, so, yeah, but it's, it was kind of funny. We were riding the motorcycle and uh, passed there because I'd gone up to Cap College just to see our old stomping grounds. And it was I just broke up laughing. I looked over at the Holiday Inn, and it was, the, the the Holiday Inn pub was called the Coach House. I guess in, in that's in, right. I remember in honor that. of the the previous one. <laughs> um, the car you referred to was the old Mercedes that the asshat Carl sold you. Yes, that's right. Melissa needs to meet my five foot three sister Kara. She feel like a giant. Of course, then she'll meet Sue and feel so small again. <laughs> Sue's about five nine. Okay, she's, like Krista. She's, she's yeah, very tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the guy going for the masturbation record needs to change his name to Jack Meoff. <laughs> yes, Glenn is 12. Oh my, oh, my God. Glenn is 12 years He's old. He's a little older than you. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Toronto. I'll deny saying that. Although it's not a best tourist destination. Toronto sucks, all right? Toronto fucking sucks. It doesn't suck. It sucks. It doesn't suck. It sucks hard. You need to let go of that. There are so many better places in Canada. Yeah, but it still doesn't mean it sucks. Compared to the other places? Yes, it does. Okay, fine. I'm not arguing with you. I think Toronto is a great city. I've had some great times in Toronto. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prague should be on everyone's bucket list. The history is amazing and the beer. Yep, I agree with you there. Barcelona is awesome. Sue and I went there mm. in February. These two are world travelers. Oh, they, yes. They it's wonderful. Over. Yeah. Uh, fam- F- Familia is in Barcelona, not Madrid, you cads. <laughs> oh. uh, it's really cool. There's a speakeasy in Barcelona where I got this drink. And I don't know. I can't post it anywhere, Glenn, so I don't know. Oh. But it's a tobacco-infused booze. With cotton candy on top and chocolate at the end of the straw that looks like a Sherlock Holmes pipe. Whoa. You know, you know, you know that pipe? That, that yeah, sort of, yeah. That's what it looks like. Whoa. So the booze is in the is bowl. in the, the bowl. Pipe, and you saw, it looks the Woo-hoo. coolest thing in the world. He says, uh, Sue's drink came in a treasure box. When you open the box, smoke comes out from the burned <gasps> rosemary. The drink is in the conch shell. Wow. How much do those drinks cost, dude? Yeah. That looks just insane. That looks very, very cool. Uh, our friend Scott Thrift down in Sydney, Australia. I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry. I'm just my I lady. don't know. I See? Know. That's racist. It really? What? <laughs> no, it's not. It is. It's racist. Just listen. Australians are not a race. Whatever. It's disrespectful. I can it, it, say Australia, but you can't. Uh, okay? That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Just listening to the latest episode and the story with the praying bus driver has me horrified, damn near wetting myself laughing. First, if my bus driver starts leading us in prayer, I'm getting off the bus. <laughs> Mad bastard is probably going to drive us off a bloody cliff or something. Oh. <laughs> Much funnier, due to your accent, the word pastor, would we pronounce with a hard, with a hard R here in Australia? Say, say pastor. Pastor. Huh. Sounds like pasta. Pasta. So, so when I say pastor... Oh, well, you know, I, I'm sorry, it's because I'm not very, I would say, if I was real Australian, I, I guess I'd say pasta, like a pasta, instead of the, I wouldn't say the R, like you do. You say, you say, say pasta. Pasta. <laughs> There's the R there. Aussies wouldn't have the R. He said, we, which we pronounce the hard or here in Australia. I think he's. Pasta, so, pasture, pasture, pasture. Sounds like pasta. 
So now I've got the uh, now I've got an image of this cockwomble driving a bus wearing a spaghetti hat. Oh. I love the word cockwomble. Cockwomble. I, I don't know I, what it means. I've never heard it before in really? my life. I, I, never. I've heard Brit say. I've never heard an Australian say it. Cockwomble. Cockwomble. I think it's a great word. Thank you guys very much for the emails. As always, emails to DLTU. Don't listen to us. DLTU at YML.me. Uh, let's go to do some stories here. Let me grab my folder of stories because Melissa, as usual, isn't ready at all. I tried, but Tiny Beautiful Things is, is very deep. It's hard to understand the stupidity of some people. I am a firm believer that the vast majority of the human race are a bunch of fucking idiots. Okay? He really does, people. I really do. I'm a confirmed misanthrope. Yes. Most people I hate, actively hate. Yes. They piss me off. They anger me on a regular basis. This is one of those people. Letter to the editor. Uh, the News Gazette. I don't know where this is. Let's assume it's somewhere here in uh, North America. News Gazette. Yeah, let me find out what this is. Where's the News Gazette? Oh, God damn it. Anyway, I'll find it. Oh, Central, Central Illinois. Toys R Us, which was in business for 70 years, announced that it would close, leaving 33,000 Americans without jobs and more jobs lost around the world. Fact. This is the beginning of a letter to the editor. Okay. Um... Mandy Allman is the person who wrote this letter. All right. Company leaders attributed decreased business to a number of factors, including the declining birth rate. Okay, that's a very, very, very minor thing that the executives at Toys R Us said was a contributing factor to their closing the stores. The biggest factor, in fact, was the venture capital firm that owns Toys R Us basically sucked the company dry, didn't see or recognize the threat of the internet and online shopping to Toys R Us, mm. didn't update stores, just did. I mean, the Toys R Us you and I were in, in Vancouver, oh, I know. was just sad. Oh, it's just awful. It was I massive. Know. I know. Yeah, but there's no one in it, and it's awful. And we couldn't find the game Risk. No, we couldn't. In a Toys R Us. I know. One of the classic board games of all time, we couldn't find a game of Risk in a Toys R Us. So anyway, but this person claims... That the company said was because of the declining birth rate. And this is where this letter to the editor goes downhill. And with the stupid, goes uphill. Abortion and the declining birth rate are intricately connected. They're not really. Data show that women are having children later in life, in their 30s and 40s, but not enough to account for the decline among younger women in their 20s. Which is true. Yes. Women in their 20s account for nearly 60% of all abortions performed in the U.S., Okay? okay, also true. Yes. These are children who would otherwise have been born and whose family could have contributed to the customer base of Toys R Us. Oh. Well, let's just blame it on those girls that are having abortions. Since abortion has been legal for 45 years, this has become a multi-generational product, a problem. The children who would have been otherwise born in the 70s and 80s would be having children now who could also potentially be shopping at Toys R Us. Well, by the very nature of a previous study, those children would be stealing from Toys R Us. <laughs> they would be on their way to jail. Which other companies will fail because their future customers are being aborted? Oh, my God. Holy fucking Whoa. shit. Okay. Oh, my God. That makes me feel sick. One of the problems I have with this, though, is the person is smart enough to use real stats, <clears throat> but then make completely... Unrelated conclusions from it. Well, those people are the most frightening of all. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. 
they completely <clears throat> ignore the fact <clears throat> that there is no guarantee that any child is going to shop at Toys R Us. Any parent is going to shop at Toys R Us. Especially nowadays, because the, the stores suck. Mm-hmm. Most, now this is me making stuff up, but I'm going to assume that most abortions are from low-income people. Yes. People who can't afford to have children. Most of them. If you can't afford to have children, you can't afford to shop at Toys or fucking Us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you do remember that that longitudinal study that well, who did that there was those, those guys have written a book uh, freakonomics freakonomics yeah, yeah. so there that said you go. The, the said what they said well they did a study and after um it, uh, abortion what was the big court ca- oh my god i'm not thinking straight roe here. versus wade roe versus wade so roe versus wade happens <clears throat> and then uh, however much longer later that the study was done, i haven't read it in a long time crime rates went up down. Down, sorry. Crime rates went down because abortion was made legal. Made legal. So the obvious conclusion is, is that those children that um, that uh, would that weren't aborted, that the mother maybe would have decided to abort, became criminals. No, no. Other way. Boy, you could not have brutalized this anymore. No, wait. No. If you had a baby and you freak, didn't want that baby. The Freakonomics guys said that there is a correlation but not a causation. Yes, thank you. Of the abortion becoming legal throughout the United States in 1972. Yes. To the declining crime rate in the 80s. Yes. And the idea was that those children who were aborted in the 70s didn't grow up to become criminals. Right. In the 80s and 90s. Right. Yes. So isn't it reversed by saying that, okay, that the children, children that weren't aborted because the women weren't able to access abortion yes. became criminals, would become criminals. Not a guarantee, no. No, sure, sure but that's, what the, that's the insinuation. Ah, is that yes. Many of them Got would it. have become criminals. Yes, okay. So what I'm saying is, is that they would grow up now and they would steal from Toys R Us. Boy, we had to go a long way for that one. Wow. Well, I'm telling you, after Sunday, my mind is complete mush. That's why I'm sitting here with you on a Tuesday <laughs> instead of where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> when our son was born, we went along with the American Medical Association and did all the scheduled vaccinations. Uh-oh. At the time, we felt it was the best thing we could do for our child. Since then, we have learned more about the dangers of vaccines and really regret our decision. I mean, duh, injecting God knows what in a newborn again and again, we should have known. We recently learned that there is a procedure to unvaccinate and reverse the dangerous ill effects of vaccinations. Before we go ahead with this, we want to know if any other parents out there have knowledge or experience with this procedure. Have you or anyone you know unvaccinated yourself or your children? Did you feel it was successful? Was it painful? No, your fucking stupidity is what's painful. There is no such thing as unvaccinating. It's impossible. <laughs> it's a fundamental lack of understanding of A, what vaccinations it are, is, yes. and B, what fucking science is, you mm. twat. How to get those antibodies out of your body. Exactly. How would you do that? Because then they've already, uh, they've already procreated, you know, the antibodies have grown. They're already in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And for me, the key to this is the we recently learned. learned. First of all, no, you haven't learned a fucking thing. But secondly, this is the danger of the internet. This is, I think, one of the biggest dangers of the internet is that you can learn whatever you want to learn. 
How do you know you, they learned it from the internet? Because that's where you learn dumb shit like this. Dumb shit like this doesn't make it into books and it, that show up in high schools. No, but it could have been a dinner with neighbors where the neighbors well, said, the hey, neighbors, you know what? The neighbors, learned, yeah, the neighbors yeah. learned it on the internet. Oh, all right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That there's, any kind of false information you want to find can be found on the internet. Right. Whatever conspiracy theory you want to think up, you can find somebody on Reddit or 4chan or any number of other websites oh. that will confirm your preconceived beliefs about this kind of stuff. Right. The other problem is the lack of just general education we have about science. I know nothing about vaccinations. I know I know the basics that you they 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 inject you with a little bit of of bad stuff, and then your body sees the bad stuff, fights the bad stuff, and then it can fight off bad stuff later. Yes, all right. That's that's basically I what know, it is. The basics. But I've learned enough science to know general science in school. To know you can't unfucking vaccinate somebody. You cannot unvaccinate. I learned that in grade ten. Yeah, that's... common sense would tell you mm-hmm. if you understand a little bit about what vaccination is, then you also understand you can't unvaccinate somebody. No, and we mustn't forget the incredible things that vaccinations have done for us. I don't think there's been one study more harmful. To children and human beings in general, and that this one study with all those vac- anti-vaccination stuff came from, it was from a guy in, in in the UK. He published a study that was later shown to be complete fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. The problem is, as as we all know, lies travel around the world faster than truth does, mm-hmm. and people still point to this idiot study because once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. Was it to do with mercury poisoning? Yes. And how it's, yes. How all it, kinds of things. And, and, and the, the connection between vaccinations and autism and yep. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of it is yet to be discovered. But I, I firmly believe that one of the issues that we have today with the rise in allergies and autism and all that kind of stuff is because our detection methods have gotten better. Very much Not so. Not because there are more children with those problems. Is that we just know more about them than than before? Mm-hmm. You know, when when kids who when you and I were growing up and, and the neighborhood neighborhood kid was was hyper, we just called him hyper. Mm-hmm. We didn't diagnose him with H A A D H D C B Q R X. We just said he was a hyper kid, mm-hmm. and his mom smacked him to make him sit down. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a solution. No. I'm just saying he wasn't diagnosed that way. Now those kids are being diagnosed. Rightly or wrongly, we're diagnosing a lot of kids with a lot of different things. Oh, you well, know this in your Oh, well, genetics, the detection of genetic anomalies is getting more and more fine-tuned all the time. So, I know. No, you can't yes, unvaccinate your children. Yes, vaccines do harm a very, very, very small percentage of children. I've seen it. By complete, sad, accidental fact yes it happens i've seen it but it protects millions and millions and millions of children the i remember reading this in the new york times when i first moved to the united states uh in 2002 and could not believe that this was a conversation america was having and are still having but the line in the new york times was something along the lines that um, america was considering making vaccinations for children under the age of five mandatory and these vaccinations would prevent, prevent measles, whooping cough, diphtheria, all those childhood diseases that we here in Canada don't have anymore. Mm. MMR, your measles, mumps, and rubella. Is that what it is? Yeah. You're, yeah. In the States, it's voluntary. In Canada, it's mandatory, isn't it? 
Well, no, people can opt out can now. They? I didn't well, know that. but there, well, there's still. I haven't looked at articles on it recently. You can still, but there's huge controversy about it. Because we were kids, I remember lining up in the school gym. Oh, you used to get it at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get it in school. There'd be that day. Hey, today's the day you're going to get your your your, yeah, your get, needle. Yeah. So make sure you wore a short sleeve shirt or whatever it was. And you yeah. walk up and the nurse says, "Hi, hi, Sean. Mm-hmm. Don't, ow." Yeah. No, and I've got my son's little um, record of their of their vaccinations. And um, they're all up to date. I am a firm believer in the fact that anybody who believes in the unvaccination <laughs> issue, who believes that vaccinating their children is a bad thing, should have their children taken away from them because they are a danger to their own children. Because what other stupid things are they going to believe? What other stupidity are they going to pass on to those kids? Get those kids away from these idiot parents. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. But I understand why you feel that way. But I wouldn't go that far. I'm looking at you suspiciously now. Well, some of those parents, are that's their belief. They don't want to have their children injected with these things. And, but they're still wonderful parents. Then they're they're not. They don't deserve having their children taken away from them. They're I just think stupid being convinced people, of something that's wrong. I think stupid people should not be allowed to raise stupid children. Yeah, well, that happens every day. But. I mean, Glenn, who's listening right now, is going to be thinking to himself, the stupid law. He and I, in one of our drunken states, one time came up with, we only need one law, and it's the stupid law. Yeah. If you do something stupid, you get punished for it. That's yeah. it. That's it. We're, we're done. You don't need any other law. All you need is a, tri- is a tribunal to go, yeah, that was stupid. Here's your punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Glenn and I are going to be on the tribunal because of course yeah, you of course are. are, and what it, you think was, is stupid our idea may not be what another That's person why it's thinks. Tribunal, is you'll have like nine judges being yeah. able to, and they'll push a little button, and you will make your case, and the judges can vote, and straight up five. So four. it's stupid or not stupid? Exactly, that okay. was stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> because the stupid gets passed down. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. And not vaccinating your children is stupid. It's also dangerous, it's not only for your dangerous. child, mm-hmm. but dangerous for, quote-unquote, my child. That's right. Well, that's the whole controversy, isn't it? And so, therefore, you're being stupid <gasps> and selfish. Soon we'll have schools for the unvaccinated children. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter if they bite each other. Well, long I guess. I don't know. As long as my taxes don't pay for that. <laughs> it's Canada. They will. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? The compost truck is here. Yay! Yay! We had a bear. There was a bear there. Mr. King Mr. King comes into the bedroom. The other goes, holy fuck, holy fuck, there's a bear, there's a bear, there's a bear in the backyard. Holy fuck. It's a little bear coming on through. I have never been that close to a bear in my life. I don't ever want to be that close to a bear ever again. I don't like the idea of bears. The bear came up over our deck and was... Six inches from our front door, delicately opening our compost bucket and taking the bag away with him. I just happened to be, I'd gone to the bathroom. It was, what, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night? Yes. <laughs> just happened to come back. I look out the, the, the window. It's dark outside. And there's this dark blob going through. And I'm like, that's a fucking bear. Oh, my God, it's a bear. Literally, maybe 10 feet away, if that. <laughs> I've been to zoos where I haven't been exposed to a fucking bear. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's not funny. I think it's so funny. No, it's not funny. You were scared, weren't yeah, you? Hell yes. 
Any normal person will be scared by a large carnivore <laughs> in they're their backyard. Her, they're mostly herbivorous. Mostly. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> You've also said the same thing. It's rare they attack. Rare. <laughs> Not impossible. Uh, See, I'm okay with sharks attacking people. <laughs> Why? Because you go in the shark's house. Okay. All right. And yeah. now you are you are food for the shark. <laughs> if I stay on land, I shark won't fuck with me. No. Bears what? are on the same piece of property I am. <laughs> you share your house with them. Exactly. The the planet, the earth parts <laughs> are also bear parts. I'm telling you he's gonna be back, so just be oh, prepared. Goody. <laughs> Mr. King vapes inside now in the bed Christ. in fear. Fucking right. <laughs> Why do you think I do that? There's no way I want to go outside at 11 o'clock at night to have a vape and hear, (laughs) see a bear, and then shit myself. And here's my son, my 20-year-old son, in the studio bedroom at the back, having to come into the house to use the bathroom. (laughs) Do you think Sean even asked about him? I didn't care. (laughs) Hey, you have uh, um, uh, been pining for a new pet, Uh, a kitten. Well, in a way, sometimes. And sometimes. a dog. So, yeah, sometimes. What kind of dog would you like? Oh, this. We're uh, not getting a dog, by the way. Just a little, little Sometimes I think about a beautiful, cool little pug because mm-hmm. they're just so cool. Um, a rescue dog. Oh, I think it, it'd be it would cool. I would love to go and get a beautiful rescue dog. I'm a big fan of value for the money, and I don't see for us and our lifestyle and what we do the value for the money in a purebred dog. Oh no, I don't want a purebred. It makes no, it makes no, 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 no okay. point to go to, to a breeder or anyone else like that. No thanks. Especially when there's thousands and thousands of rescue dogs, perfectly happy, wonderful dogs and shelters all around the world who just love to come home with you. That's what I would do. I'd get a rescue dog. All my animals, all the animals I've ever gotten have always been been rescue animals. Um, I would like, I like the idea of a purebred, I've always wanted a Bernese mountain dog. Oh, beautiful, so beautiful. But because they're purebred, they're also inbred, Um, and their lifespan's only about 10 years, 7 to 10 years now because of so much inbreeding. If I was going to, and I'm never going to do it, if I was going to breed and raise and show and sell dogs, then yes, I'd want purebreds. Of course. But otherwise, I'll just take any old mutt that, that oh, licks my face. Absolutely. I'm good. Yes. Well, uh, the American Kennel, Cl- American Kennel Club, mm-hmm. one of my biggest regrets of when I lived near New York City uh, for those uh, uh, few years was not, gone, not having gone to the Westminster Kennel Club uh, show in mm-hmm. Madison Square Gardens because mm-hmm. my the idiot person I was with at the time didn't like dogs, um, and I should have ignored her and gone because that's like the best place in the world for a dog lover. Oh it's just, yes, oh my gosh, eighty thousand dogs of yes. every breed. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. So the American Kennel Club has released their uh, list of the most popular dog breeds. Oh, the most popular dog breed in 2017 is the same as in 2016. Is the same as 2015, 2014, <gasps> 2013. So for the last five years been the same dog what do you believe is the most single most popular dog in the united states of america um a lab very good oh yeah i got it retrievers labs absolutely um lab yeah labrador retrievers what do you think is number two and has been for the last five years 
Number two surprised me. Ooh. Big dog. Big? Big dog. Yep. Surprise. That's one of the reasons it surprised me. Big dog. A dog that you would not normally think of as being the second most popular dog. Great Dane. German Shepherds. German Shepherds. Yeah. That's, hmm. I, I love German Shepherds. <clears throat> oh, they're incredible. But German Shepherds generally aren't thought of as family dogs. They're one-person one dogs. They, they, they do good in families, but they become very attached to one person in the family, the alpha male of, of, of the family. They, they love the other members of the family. My friend Michelle has had, hopefully he still has them, the most beautiful German Shepherd I've ever met in my entire life, smartest dog I've ever met, mm-hmm. Major. I love Major. But Major was Michelle's dog. Mm-hmm. No, Major loved everybody else and was a sweet, gentle, kind dog. But you knew he was Michelle's dog. Mm. Uh, number three, a golden retriever. Yes. I, I used to really want a golden retriever, but then <clears throat> the upkeep and maintenance of mm. them is they, they, they need a lot of because they, they have long coats. They're long, yes. Which is why I prefer labs now. Yes. Um, number four has risen in the ranks, was number 11 in 2013, and then nine, six, six, and four. Is it the pug? It is not the pug. It is pug-sized. Pug-sized. The uh, French Bulldog? Very good. You're good at this game. I love French Bulldogs. I kind of, I don't mind them. I like pugs more. I like pugs more, but I I have, like I'll do a double take at a cute little French Bulldog every time. And then number five are traditional Bulldogs, which surprised me. Well, I love Bulldogs. Yeah, but I'm surprised. Great family pets. Are they? Oh, Great. Um, I'm surprised about that because uh, you don't see very many of them. You don't. And I think, by the way, this is the American Kennel Club's list of purebred dogs. Mm. Obviously, they can't do mutts. American mm-hmm. Kennel Club doesn't do mutts. Mm-hmm. So we see a lot more mutts than we do other dogs. Um, but one of the reasons is, is um, uh, bulldogs, don't, I don't think, have a very, very long lifespan. No. Most of the pushed-in-nose dogs. Yeah, hard Bra- to take for a long walk. Brachia, there's a certain... Brachiocardia, maybe. Is it? Their little hearts probably give um, out. Number six is beagles. Oh. I, I, I like beagles. I wouldn't want a beagle. Oh, no, I would never get a beagle. They no, are thanks. noisy little shits. I don't shits. want that sound Exactly, going on. it's that sound. Yeah, it's, it's not even a bark. It's, it's like, a howl. Yeah. It's, no, 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 no. Number seven are dogs I literally hate. Okay. I've told you which dogs I hate. Oh, you have. Remind me. Poodles. Oh, yes, you I don't, don't like, like poodles. And any not just kind the, of poodle. Any kind of poodle. Okay. And not even the, just the, the frou-frou French ones that are all shaved. Just poodles in general. I don't like poodles. Okay. I don't know why. Never been bitten by a poodle. I've never had a poodle. Never had known anyone who had a poodle. But for some reason, my brain does not like poodles. Okay. I love other dogs. Every other dog I love. Hmm. Rottweilers. Number eight. Oh, well, they're just brilliant dogs to have. Another dog I'm surprised is so popular. Oh, yeah. Because they have a reputation of being a big, mean dog, but they're actually just oh, big puppy they're dogs. Not. They're just wonderful, oh. sweet. They're just bulky. Big, giant. Just my brother had one, and he was magnificent. Yorkies, number nine. Okay. Yorkies are very, very cute. Yes. Um, pointers are number 10. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of pointers. pointers. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get a pointer. I wouldn't own a I'd pointer. Be kind. To yeah. A oh, pointer. absolutely. Absolutely. I'd enjoy being with one, but I don't want one. Boxers are number eleven. Well, my mother bred champion boxers, Did but she? I'd never. Oh, yeah, she was a I champion, but no, but I would never. She didn't. Sorry, she didn't breed them. She showed them. Okay. No, don't like boxers. Why not? I don't like the way they drool, and they're very excitable. And, <laughs> Are they? I didn't well, know Well, my grand, well, mum, mums were mums were highly trained, but then after my mum died, no, after mum died, we got my grandmother another boxer. Maybe it was because my grandma went a little crazy, but oh my god, he was a pain in the ass dog. <laughs> 
He really was. Dylan. His name was Dylan. That's a stupid name for a dog. Isn't that awful? No, I don't want a boxer. I'm going down the list and seeing pugs only are down to number 31 are as the most they? popular. Yeah, which I found really surprising. I think they're cool. I would have dogs. bet money they'd be in the top five. Me too. Huh. Um, pugs are, uh, Pomeranians are listed higher than, than are pugs. Are they? Yeah. That's, I find that very, it's very surprising. a little surprising. lap dog. Um, I'd, I'd like seeing Pomeranians because they're very cute looking. I wouldn't have one. Though. Oh, I'd never get a Pomeranian. Because they're very yappy. <laughs> Uh, what's the other? Oh, the, the, the other dog I'm looking for. There's Newfies down 36. I understand Newfies being down there because they're they're, they're a lot of work. So huge. I love them. I love them to death. Oh. They're a lot of work. Rhodesian Ridgebacks is also very low on the list. Hmm. Uh, Shiba Inu, which is a, a Japanese dog, which are beautiful dogs. Bichon Frise, very cute dogs. Um, gg, gg. I'm surprised I have to go down this far to find. The oh, Great Pyrenees, another beautiful dog. What, they are one you so, wouldn't have. No. Um, They're very ethereal. I'm still going down. I'm still going down trying what to find uh, the Nova Scotia Duck Trolling Retriever. He's yeah. down on 89th as most popular. And oh, well, this can't be right. Hang on. Let me do a search for this. See, if you read up on those duck trollers, because my ex husband and I did a lot of research on dogs because we were thinking of getting a dog, and that's one of the best dogs you can get. It's from Nova Scotia, of course. It, Duh, that just goes without saying. Um, I didn't. Yes, you're, why, that's why, well. That's the reason why. why. Why would that? Why is that one of the best dogs you can get? Because of their temperament, mm-hmm. and for me, it was always having a dog that was never going to be aggressive with other dogs. Because that, oh, really? that's what freaks me out more than anything. I, I, dog fights freak. Dog fr- fights freeze me. Like I go into total. I can, I'm immobile when there's a dog fight. Then what you can do? And by the way, there's one dog in this list I've always wanted to meet. I've never met. A Tibetan Mastiff. They're just oh. huge. Oh, I don't know if I've met a Tibetan one, I've but I've certainly pictures. met Mastiffs. Yes, I've seen pictures of, of Tibetan a Tibetan Mastiff in my brain feels like a giant Pomeranian. They're, they have that kind of fur oh, pattern to them. Oh, I don't know those. Except they're, they're Newfie size. <laughs> so oh. imagine, imagine a Newfie size Pomeranian. <laughs> Oh, fluffy like that. Exactly. Do they have the curly, curly tail thing going yeah, on at the back? You weird thing about curly tails. That's <laughs> I a, do. Weird, she has this really weird <laughs> dislike of any dog with a, with a tail that curls over its own back. I don't back. not like them. I just would never get one. That's just a I weird... don't want the curly, especially yeah. the double curl. I don't mind a single curl, but if it goes around again, <laughs> I just don't like it. That's the weirdest reason not to like a dog ever. <laughs> I, I would like them. I just don't want one. It's because you, you can see the, the dog's butthole, isn't it? Little, <laughs> or you pull on You're the tail and boy. <laughs> if you want a dog that uh, uh, doesn't fight with other dogs, yeah, this is the dog. Greyhounds. Oh, greyhounds are beautiful. Greyhounds are the dog that I didn't like until I met a greyhound. Mm. Uh, I told the story all the time. I love telling the story. When I moved to Portland, Oregon, my uh, uh, the roommate I found, Dr. E, had two greyhounds. And my first thought was, and the, the idea was that um, one of the reasons why uh, Dr. E wanted me as a roommate was because I worked from home. I could take care of the dogs. Because right. she went off to work every day, and she always worried about worried about her dogs. Of course. Um, so I, I, so she was like, you know, you, part of the deal is you take care of the dogs. I was like, sure. But I was like, ah, two grand. So that's going to be a pain in the ass to yeah. walk these things. Take them oh, for t- a run. run. I don't run. You know? So, <laughs> no. And with the greyhounds, you don't take greyhounds for runs. You take them for a chase because you're chasing them all over the place. 
So I thought, oh, okay, fine. Turns out greyhounds are giant fucking cats. <laughs> greyhounds do nothing all day long. <laughs> That's perfect for you. They lay down on the couch <laughs> all day long. I'd be sitting there working, and all of a sudden I'd feel this wet nose in my hand, and there'd be one of the dogs who was sooner. to go out. Sooner and squirty. And we, 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 we had a little walking area in back of the house. I'd walk downstairs, open the door, sooner squirt, would, would do the little greyhound walk outside. They go pee, they go poop, they come back inside, jump on the couch. That was it. <laughs> And then every couple of days, I go take them to the dog park. But when you take them to the dog park and let them off the leash, they would run and run and run. They would just do like fifty laps of. Wow. They were both uh, uh, racing rescue greyhounds. Yes. And they would just run and run and run and run. It was hilarious. The other dogs were like, "Let's chase them." Oh fuck that! <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to chase, not gonna those chase dogs. these two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and they would just do lap after lap after lap. And then eventually, after I got tired of watching them, I'm like, oh, Sooner, Squirty! And they'd stop, and they'd lope over with that, okay. with, the, with that Greyhound lope. i put them on their, their leashes. We'd walk back home. They'd go back on the couch. Perfect. I loved those two dogs. Aww. They were the best dogs ever. Well, that I know. I've met a lot of people, mostly women, that have um, always adopted Greyhounds. Like ra- like uh, the ones that have lo- finished their life of racing. Yeah. 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 They've always done it. The... Um, I would like to get into that. My friend uh, in um, uh, Nashville, I don't know how she did this. She was a Bichon Frise foster parent. Yes. Um, for the Bichon Frise rescue. Yes. And she would travel all over the South rescuing Bichon Frise mm-hmm. and bring them home. And they'd live with her for six months until they found a home. I don't know how she could do that. Oh, Corey's friend does that. Jody, that, Jody's but her whole get, life is the, saving pit bulls. But there's, you get so emotionally attached to these animals. Well, what she, it's very rewarding. So what she did, unfortunately, she's lost her beautiful dog very recently. Um, but she had her own dog, of course. Yep. And so she would bring in the rescues, sometimes more than one. Sometimes she'd have a few of them at a time and, and her dog would help the dogs. They've usually been through trauma. Sure, They've yep. usually got a lot of baggage. One she recently had to get put down because it just wasn't getting well. It was something wrong with it. Yep. And yeah, she keeps them for six months at a time, sometimes more. That's where my friend Corey got her dog, her three-legged pit bull. And she's just a doll. I love her. Um, and then she sends them off to a wonderful home. I don't, and, I couldn't do that though. I, I couldn't, I couldn't send the dog away. I, I fall in love with it immediately. But and, wouldn't you love to know that it had gone to a home where it was going to love it and no, take care of my, it? You can stay in my home. Well, you can't have all those dogs know, all the time. I that's, I'd have to have a farm and I would have a dog farm. Uh, and keep them all. And just keep them all. Oh, I go. I go to the pound and go. Okay, I got a truck. Bring them to my house. Let them go. Uh, and I'd love to be rich and have a dog farm. Yeah, I just have like that. 30, 40 dogs running around. Yeah, I get it. You'd have to make sure that they were socialized and all that. You know. True. It's very important. Let's move on. Let's do uh, the relationship uh, section of our show. Oh, I thought we already did that, but go on. Did we? No, uh, between me and you. Now we're in the don't listen to us section. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh. Everybody listens to us up to this point? No, they shouldn't. Uh, I'm a straight woman who recently moved to the U.S. In order to make friends, I joined a softball team. Great idea. Great idea. I found a team softball. that was described as feminist. Mm-hmm. I later found out that it was a lesbian team. <laughs> we all knew that as soon as you said. Oh, yeah. A feminist <laughs> softball team. If your team describes itself as Feminist? <laughs> it's a lesbian softball team. Why do they just say lesbian? I don't know. It's a good okay, question. What's that? It's, you know, it's the 21st century. 
We're a lesbian softball team. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Go oh, right my ahead. God. I love it. I have no problem. I'll play against you. So I will play with them. That, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> okay, go on. She says, I don't mean that it's gay friendly. I mean that it's specifically for lesbians and bisexual women. Oh. I'm wondering if I need to tell my teammates that I'm straight. I don't want to take the spot of an actual gay woman, but I feel like if I leave, I'm letting the team down. It could be perceived as homophobic. I like the women on my team who have all been very friendly to me. Well, of course, I want to date you. But I worry they might be angry that I'm taking the spot of a bona fide lesbian woman. What advice do you give this, this woman? I say, you say, girls, <laughs> I moved here. I wanted to get together with other women or whatever. I've joined, but I'm straight, okay? Is that all right? Like, and don't exclude me. This is another one of those examples of we're so bad at communication. Yeah. Because all she has to do, first of all, I'd love to know, she said the story starts, I'm a straight woman who recently moved to the U.S. From where? That you would know that anything described as a feminist team is going to be lesbians. Small town Canada. Maybe. But anyway, what you do is there's a manager of the team. There's one person who runs the team. You walk up to them and just just very casually and say, I, I may have made a mistake here. I'm sorry. I don't want to give the wrong impression to anybody, but I'm straight. Is that okay if I still play on the team? Yeah. And they'll either say yes or no. Yeah. If they say no, guess what? You're a female softball player. You're oh. going to be in demand. Oh, there's so many. There's so many other teams that, that want interesting. female softball players. This is an interesting one. This is the first time where I vehemently disagree with the person giving the advice. Okay. Okay. Accidental peeping Tom. I'm a single guy in my mid 40s who lives alone. My apartment complex is U shaped with a courtyard on the inside and one end open. I can see directly into the apartment across from me if the shades are kept open and the lights on. About two months ago, new tenants moved in, and the bedroom I can see into is occupied by a girl in her teens. Mm. More than once, I've realized that I, and presumably others on my side of the courtyard, can see her changing. I would like to warn the apartment's tenants of this, but I want to do it in the least intimidating way possible. Ideally, I'd leave a note, but I think an anonymous one would be frightening, given the subject matter, and one identifying me could provoke anger at my accidental breach of privacy or fear due to my demographic. Do you have any tips? I'm sorry, he, he wants to write a letter to the family? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, well, hmm. First of all, I think that he should let them know. I mean, she that that concerns me that she's exposed like that and not aware of it. I think that he should go over and speak with her parents. How or about something. this angle? <clears throat> That's the, a bit. The teenage daughter knows she can be seen. How do you know that? Remember when you were a teenage girl? You were very aware of your body and your surroundings, were you not? Could you have stood in front of a window? He didn't say she's standing in front of a window. He says you can see in it. So the, the so you know whether your window, because the windows presumably are two-way. So if this teenage girl can be seen, can be seen from the outside, she can look out too and see that she can see into his living room or bedroom. I'm not going to make an assumption that she's just being a tease. Sometimes maybe when she's getting changed, you could look out and if the sun is in a certain way, she may not even be aware that... Yeah, the but you know your drapes are open. 
if you're changing, the first thing you do is you go over and you close your drapes. Okay, so if you're making that insinuation, then what what would you suggest? Oh no, no, it, it has nothing to do with with the advice. Okay. I'm just saying that I think I think the the girl also knows she's do knows what she's doing. Okay, uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't. She's in, in her teens. Maybe she's 13. Doesn't know. Okay, fine. That that was a distraction. My apologies. Okay. The the dear Prudence advice columnist said this. I think the best thing for you to do is close the shade, turn the light off, and or look elsewhere whenever you find yourself able to see in your neighbor's dorm room or your neighbor's room. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's terrible that's advice. That's terrible advice. No, that's not fair. No, uh, this poor, this man is being very, very open and honest yep. and saying, you know, this is happening. I'm a man. Yep. Of course, he's going to look. That's fine. Well, it's not even going to look in the electors kind of way. It's a window. Well, you even just if windows. it happens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he should be pulling his <clears throat> shades and hunkering down. So, even if what the assumption here is from Dear Prudence is when you see this, pull your shades. Well, I've, I've already seen it. I don't want to see it. So, then the, the logical extension of what Prudence says is keep your windows Shades closed. Well, no, I don't want to do that. It's no. my window. I pay for the, the window. Mm, mm, mm. So I think her advice is completely, completely wrong. I agree. If only because it ignores the fact that everyone else in the apartment complex at that level can also see this little girl. Well, and it's not okay. No, I think that's, not at all. They need to be. And if she, even if she is 16, you need to go over and go, you know what? You just you need to know that. That. Or get get her those blinds that you can see out but you can't see in. It wouldn't matter if she was twenty seven. Well, no, it wouldn't. I guess you'd have to approach her then. I'd I'd want someone to to tell me if I if I was a a, a woman, I'd want them to tell me that this that this is happening. Now the question is how you tell them. Well, if it was a woman, it would be her choice then whether she wanted to cover up or not. Sure. This is a teenager, but at so least, it makes it different. But at least you inform them of this is the situation. Yeah. And the easiest way to do it is just to write a note and drop it in their mailbox. Yeah, I think so too. Just just letting you know, everybody else can see. Yeah, but if it was a woman and then she she's continued to go on with it and not care if everybody was looking, then that was that's her prerogative. That's what she wants to do. And last but not least, my parents like to plan and pay for big family vacations each year. These trips include me, a thirty-year-old woman. Three, a 30-year-old woman, and my brother, with whom I'm not especially close. This is nice since I'm just out of grad school and can't afford such trips for myself. But my parents consistently book one bed for me and my brother to share. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes with all four of us in one hotel room in order to save money. <laughs> this much togetherness, especially having to share a bed with my brother, causes me a lot of discomfort and anxiety, even though there's no history of abuse to justify such a reaction. For the past few trips, I've been lucky that there was a couch I could sleep on in the room. Am I right to think it's unusual for my parents to expect adult siblings to share a bed? Since I'm not paying for any of it, do I have any grounds to raise this issue? Yes. Yes. Yes, you have a choice here. Your parents are batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> just all they got stuck for when you were little tiny children. If if they're paying for the big family vacation, you, you say, Mom, Dad, I love you paying for this vacation, <laughs> but you got to give me my own hotel room. <laughs> No, you can't afford that? Then I'm not going on the vacation. Exactly. I'm not sleeping with Tom. No, simple. And Tom. I'm wondering about Tom and He's why Tom feel, isn't. Tom doesn't care. I got to hope Tom feels the exact same way. <laughs> He's, He's written his own letter to the device column. <laughs> this is the kind of thing, again, communication. Talk to your fucking parents. You're right. 
Mom, Dad, why are you doing this? I don't want. I don't want this. Join with Tom on a united front. Right, exactly. Tom, let's go talk to them. Oh my gosh! But so. even even the the other aspect of it is that um, uh, my, my my parents consistently book one bed for me and my brother. Sometimes with all four of us in one hotel room in order to save money. Yeah. I'm not going on that vacation. No, that is just Mom, weird. Dad. You have to guarantee I get my own room. Otherwise, I'm not going on vacation with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to pay for the vacation, let's do one closer to home. That'll be cheaper. Yeah. Where I can we can drive or flights are cheaper, whatever. But we all get our own separate freaking bedrooms. Well, if she's just finished her, what is she finished? Grad school. Well, she's finished grad school, so she's going to be able to afford it. She'll go and say, "Mom, Dad, I'll give you the extra money and top yep. you up, so you exactly. can you can give me my own room, yeah, please." Do, do not do that. <laughs> and I I feel the same way when I was doing Macworld Expos. Um, there was the thing you know we could double up with a buddy to 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 save money in the hotel room. Okay. Fuck that. No, <laughs> no. I'm an adult man. I'm not sleeping with a buddy, not oh, right? even you... if it's separate beds. No, I get my own hotel room. I'm working at this convention. I want my own privacy. I don't want. I'm not. It's not a dorm anymore. I'm well past that age where I need or want to double up with somebody. Fair. I actually had someone say to me one time, "Say, do you mind if I share your hotel room?" I said, "Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really, really do." <laughs> oh, dude, come on! Oh, well, it'll save me money. Yeah, I know, but don't care. <laughs> You're not staying in the same room with me. <laughs> but you got an extra bed. Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh, you can't have it. <laughs> what do you think? You think you think you you get lucky at Macro Expo? No, not even a chance of it. Because I have no interest in getting lucky at Macro Expo. But you can't have the bed. I, and I know he listens too, so he's la- he's laughing right now too. It's like, dude, no, don't no. dude me. Not happening. Stop. Just move on. Don't do me. Don't do me. <laughs> Folks, that's it for this edition of Don't Listen to Us. Sorry for doing this on a Tuesday, but we'll get back to our regular Sunday schedule next. I don't know why we'll you do that. What? Well, the Sunday schedule may not work for us because of the summer's coming up. And we live in this beautiful area. Oh, we have a motorcycle. and So much to do. So we may end up having to do this like on boring Monday evening. And Glenn, is, we're going to go do – Sean wants to do Skookum Chuck, which I'm so proud yes, of him. Yes, absolutely. We've got to find the right, right uh, tide. Tide. But I'm very proud of you for – Why? Because you are telling me that you voluntarily and are planning to walk through the deep dark woods. Wait, what? <laughs> You know very well. I told you already about the trail. You said it was a trail. You didn't say it was deep, dark woods. I said it was beautiful, temperate rainforest. It's like incredible in there. It's like, wow. See, I love the way you hold back this information. I did not because I wouldn't normally think that I'd have to make it clear to someone that the forest is dark and beautiful. You'll be fine. The bear's in the yard. He's not in that. Don't bring up the bears. Folks, uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, send us emails to DLTU, don't listen to us, at YML.me. And again, I'm going to continue. Please, please review us on the iTunes store. Go to the iTunes store in the podcast section. Do a search for Don't Listen to Us. Let us know what you think of the show. Or send us an email to DLTU at YML.me. As always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. Thank you guys very much. See ya. Bye.